Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is Shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Profiling players' careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out of here! Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ballgame. Mastro Berti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ballgame! Wilson, the 1-2, big cut, and he struck him out! Wilson back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one. And your co-host. Chambers flying into third with a triple. Chambers is back. He looks up and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second base. And they got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to the 38th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079 Ottawa's new music. I'm your host. Diamond Dante with you on this beautiful uh, December 3rd evening. Still no snow on the ground, but <laughs> speaking of snow, well, actually, this is a really bad segue, but anyways, joining me to my right uh, for this first segment is our CKDJ colleague, uh, Josh Primo. And uh, Josh joins us this evening to talk uh, in our first segment, of course, Stubby Clap, uh, a, a full interview with him, a full hour Mm-hmm. Based with Stubby Clap, Stubby Clap, we we only have a few minutes to talk here, and some big news coming out of the indie leagues. But Josh, welcome to the show again. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, man. Always a pleasure coming on. And uh, uh, Josh, so just released. Uh, obviously, uh, everybody knows the name Matt Joyce. He's yeah. a, a great defender in left field. Played with the Pirates last year and was an All Star with the uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays in 2012. Now, he's bought into this so-called Empire League that <laughs> some people may not know about. Of course, I've done a little bit of research on it, and I, and I know uh, a couple of guys that do play in that league uh, that I've been on this show. Calvin Rayburn, uh, Johnny Cole uh, also plays in that league. I think I got another guy who came on this show, Andrew Wirth, uh, plays in that league. But uh, Matt Joyce buys in to be an owner of the Empire League. Now, this is a league, <clears throat> Josh, that... That uh, that didn't pay their players last year, and they're they're going. It's a huge scandal right now with the commissioner yeah. Eddie Gonzalez. He says that you you should we shouldn't have to pay our players. And I'll read the quote in just a minute. I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, you know what he uh, in the in the quote he he kind of just basically says that his league you know isn't somewhere to <laughs> where you should be settling. Yeah, it really it's only supposed to be a place where you play one maybe two years, even even just a couple months. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, I, am not a big fan of this league from the little, from the little kind of clips that I've, I've heard and seen, uh, of it. So this is definitely, definitely interesting for Matt Joyce to like attach his name 
yeah. to, to a league like this. So I don't know. So the quote that Eddie had released just a few months ago after he was refusing to pay his players and they're still going through it and players are on strike and they, they want to get paid. He said the Empire League is a low budget league, but with extremely high value players on this league should be nothing but grateful and appreciate the opportunity that we give them to play professional baseball. If not, they would be back at home doing nothing. Our league is not a league to make a living. It's simply a last resort for players to show the MLB that they truly matter. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if I truly agree with him on... I don't. It's a last resort league. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's somewhere for them to play baseball, yeah, but I don't think they should be, you know, grateful to him. Because that's basically what he's making it out to sound like. They should be grateful to us. You know, we're giving them a shot when really, you know, if if they weren't if they weren't coming to him and looking for a place to play, he wouldn't have a league. Exactly. Right. So I don't know. He just it just it seems like not real not like a scam, but it just I don't know. He he just seems like he's making it out like you can't promise a contract. That's my no. only thing. That's my only beef. I said you know I said. I said I I posted on Twitter when I posted the the picture of the statement I said Eddie you're very wrong on this yeah if you don't have the money to pay the players don't run the league and don't promise the contract you can have a league and say listen I'm gonna pay you forty bucks just like the Pecos league yeah don't don't be promising you know uh, two hundred bucks a month you know what I mean even though that's nothing yeah but still you can't like you said you can't be making those promises to your players because you know you'll get a reputation right and and you know word travels fairly fast and especially in such a a large community like like baseball, right? You, you think of how many how many you know minor leagues and, and and leagues there are in baseball. You know, word word will travel fast, so you know, it's it's definitely not, you know, a, a good hit on his reputation to be saying stuff like that. Now, of course, Matt Joyce went out and said, you know, and by him investing in this league, actually the other day he just signed a eleven million dollar contract, yeah, with the Oakland Athletics, and he's made you know he's made his money over the last five years that he's been in the big leagues, and he said that uh, investing in this league is to make the league better and grow stronger. But he also came out and said that you know MLB recruiting networks uh, they want to make this league you know important for you know elite development and a program that could help players get back to affiliated ball, and that's what Matt Joyce said. Yeah, you know what. I see I see where he's coming from. I, again, I don't agree with him, you know, attaching his name to a league like this. Yeah. But I do I do hear where he's coming from where you know, I don't know. I just I'm kind of I'm kind of biased t- towards the, you know, like this is a like I'm not going to go out and say it's a horrible league, but it's not a good league in any in any sense. So, you know, it's it's not good for him to be again attaching his name to something like this, but he's a He's comparing the league to a rookie ball to a ball level. Yeah, league. You, but you can't you can't do that because you know there's some there's some good players that that will come out of rookie ball and you know there's some players that will will get shots coming out of rookie ball. Yeah, I mean to be fair to you know I'd say about ninety nine percent of the guys that are gonna play here, not you know they're not they're mostly gonna, out of NCAA. They're mostly out of college. Yeah, and and they're not gonna get a real true shot at at the bigs, you know, maybe one in every, I don't know, thousand. You got to just keep working your way. I mean, they're probably, yeah. probably once you're in the Empire League, you're probably looking at yourself. You know what? I'd like to make it to the Can-Am League. I'd like it to make it to yeah, for sure. uh, the, uh, you know, the, the Frontier League. So yeah. there, I think it's those two leagues that you can kind of, and the, the, we, you know, the Can-Am League picks up players from there. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, it, I mean, I guess to be fair, I'm sure that for some players, it is a last kind of resort to play here but 
you know, I like I said, I think only about one to you know one percent of the players that are actually going to play here are actually going to get a shot yeah. at, at going to play higher higher level ball. So you know, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like it's um, kind of like I don't know how to say this a league where like like rookie ball where you're gonna lead to where it's gonna lead to to higher ball. I absolutely agree with you. And of course, um, that's going to wrap up this first segment. Coming up next, we will have uh, four full segments with Stubby Clap talking about being the new manager for the Memphis Redbirds, which is the AAA team uh, affiliated with the St. Louis Cardinals. He also played for Team Canada at the national level four times, started off in 2006 and also coached in 2013 with Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic played with the Cardinals in 2001. You're going to want to hear what he has to say about his very long career, a 45-minute interview with Stubby Clapp coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. This is Memphis Redbirds manager Stubby Clapp, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Dante DiCaria on CKDJ 107.9. We welcome you back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Follow me on social media at Diamond underscore Dante and find our podcast online at Diamond Dante Audio. That's on my SoundCloud. You can check out all past episodes. But joining me this evening is current Memphis Redbirds AAA manager Stubby Clapp. Before moving over to coaching, Stubby was a Canadian middle infielder with the St. Louis Cardinals, playing one season in the big leagues with the Cardinals in 2001. Although Stubby only played one season in the major leagues, he managed to be a big part of Canadian baseball history playing for Team Canada at the national level multiple times and is now known as a Canadian baseball legend. Stubby joins us on Around the Diamond this evening to talk about his long career. Stubby, welcome to the show. Hey, Dante, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, so uh, you're not located in Canada. How's the weather down there? And uh, wh- where, are you, uh, where are you living now these days? I'm in Savannah, Tennessee. How's that going? And the weather, the the weather is is actually pretty decent right now, uh, considering um, the hunting season has just kicked in. <laughs> so the actual the weather has just turned a little bit cold. We're in the fifties right now. Gets down into the thirties, forties at night. So that's good for the hunting part of it. And Stubby, I want to start off by going to the beginning of your career in high school, where you where you were known to play multiple sports. You played hockey. Uh, you also had played baseball, just like some other guys that came on this show. Your old friend uh, Jimmy Van Ostrid had also played tennis, he was saying, badminton when he was playing in BC. Uh, what can you tell us about that experience and what made you, you know, shift over to baseball instead of playing hockey? Well, I think, you know, uh, the whole experience of playing multiple sports was, was you know, a blessing in disguise. It helps you be a well-rounded athlete and takes your mind off of, uh, off of one sport when you get to concentrate on another and, um, get, kind of get a breather from one, uh, one sport to another, and then you know, as far as as baseball, um, it kind of chose me. You know, when it came down to towards the end of high school or whatever, um, choosing a sport was difficult for me. I loved them both, and uh, baseball just paid for more of my education, so that's why I went with it. 
And Stubby, of course, um, did you had played Junior B at that point? Did you play for the, the Vipers? Because I know that's a pretty big Junior B team in Windsor. It's actually, it was the Windsor Bulldogs then. Oh, and, it was. Uh, so I, I, yeah. So I played, I played three years. I played three years for them. Um, and uh, we, shoot, I, I believe we were, uh, I believe we were, we won it, I think my last year. My second to last year, so it was it was a it was a it was a solid uh, solid hockey career, I guess you could call it, uh, for for being in junior B. Well, I mean, junior B is a good level. It's actually funny. I commentate junior B. I watch junior B uh, in the Central Canada Hockey League uh, quite a bit, and it, you know the league that you had played in with the Bulldogs and now known as the Vipers is known as one of the better junior B leagues. So you could give yourself a little bit of credit there. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I tell you what, if I. I, I always joke around with my friends. If I if I would have ever reached six foot, I probably would have never played baseball. Well, you're right about that. And so, you were when you were playing hockey in high school. Did you have any offers with hockey, or was it just baseball at that point? Uh, I had I had some uh, I had some small offers to to some uh, Ivy League schools and stuff like that. You know, and and offers meaning you know, hey, you know, come put your application in and let's see what happens. Um, but as far as not, nothing really solid towards hockey, I mean, I would weighed, I probably only weighed 135, 140 pounds while I was playing junior B. I didn't really get, gain any size until I quit playing hockey and started getting in the weight room. In girth, not height. Former St. Louis Cardinals middle infielder Stubby Clapp joining us here on Around the Diamond. Now, I want to keep you know keep on track with your high school career because you you decided to attend Paris Junior College in Texas. Did you feel that? that it was best to go there instead of taking maybe some offers out of high school or did you have any at that point? Well, you know, my first year, my first year out of high school, I went to the ABC in Montreal, the Academy of Baseball Canada. Um, that was my first opportunity to play uh, post-secondary baseball. And so I went there and trained there for a year. And then uh, when the junior college offer came up uh, for me, that was a great uh, opportunity to get down south in a hotbed of baseball. Now, what can you tell us about the community of Windsor and what they and what you did for them and what they did for you at that point? And also, one question that I would love to ask you is: Were you a Tigers fan growing up? You know what? I wasn't. I wasn't really anybody's fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was. I was a baseball fan. I remember watching uh, the Blue Jays and the Tigers. That, uh, that was obviously the big two. But I can tell you, individual players on each team that I would watch, and, and that was it. And I would see the game on TV, I'd get excited, and I'd drag my dad outside and make him, make him teach me how to play. Former St. Louis Cardinals infielder Stubby Clapp here with us on Around the Diamond. Now, staying in those years from 1991 to, uh, to 1996, uh, you ended up playing for the junior national team, and I want you to tell me a little bit about how far it's came from when you played in 1991 to the way it is today. Well, I tell you what, uh, Greg, Ham- Greg Hamilton's done a wonderful job with, with what he's done with that team. Now, you know, back in the day, it was uh, you go play for your provincial team, go play, go play in the provincial tournaments, and uh, then he'd select, then he'd select, uh, uh, they would select, you know, the top forty players out of the tournament. Sorry, my dog. No worries. They would, <laughs> they would, they would select the top. I think 40 players out of the tournament or whatever, and you'd go, you'd have a two-week tryout after the tournament, and then you'd, uh, they'd select the team from there, and then they'd go on and, and make, the, make the team, and you'd go on to the next tournament, uh, whatever it may be. And, you know, that's how we ended up in 91 in, in Brandon, Manitoba. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the way it is now. But, shoot, 
those teams now they go to instructs and they play against the professional teams. They go down to Dominican, play against the professional teams down there, and then they come come back to expanded and they play against professional teams on top of all their tournaments where they're playing. So I mean, you're talking about you know 16, 17, 18 year old players getting to play against professional players and face professional pitching. You know that's a that's a huge advantage uh, in developing our kids. Now, Stubby, of course, it's it says on your on your like online and on your baseball reference that you had been uh, that team itself was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Is that correct? Yes. So so is so. I mean, what was that experience like for you, being you know a young kid from Windsor, Ontario, a local guy to go straight to the Hall of Fame at, at a young career? <laughs> you know, I think I think at such a young career, I really didn't understand the significance. Uh, but I've, you know, now looking back and being years years removed from the whole situation, you can't uh, you can't put a value on that. I mean, that's just so special uh, to be recognized like that, and you know, to be recognized with with twenty five other guys, your peers on that team and the and the coaching staff. That's what the most special part of it is 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 being known as one of the best teams in Canada at that time. Stubby Clapp joining us here on Around the Diamond, played for Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic and multiple other stages, and also played in the major leagues with the Cardinals in 2001. Now, after joining the Cardinals organization in 1996, you managed to be a part of Team Canada, not only at the 1994 World Cup, but at the 1999 Pan Am Games right out of AAA. What was that experience like, and what did you take away from being around you know, older guys and yourself being such a young player at the age of 26, I believe it was? Well, at that time, at that time, I was in AAA, so I was one of the older uh, older guys on the team, okay. and you know, it was it was my job. You know, I felt it was my job to to bring the guys together in in that situation. And obviously, having that tournament in Canada and being in Winnipeg, um, you couldn't ask for a better setting. Um, and just the way everything fell, the team camaraderie that came out of it, the team chemistry that came out of it, and obviously the wins. Um, you know, we we set the stage for. You know, for what what's now a prominent program, and uh, you know, if, if I could, if I could, it, you know, I would I would move my kids to Canada right now just to <laughs> just to be raised in that program. That's how much I think of the program itself. Well, you speak of of you know getting the win and getting bronze for for your country at the Pan Am Games. You actually hit the walk off. Um, hit with the bases loaded against Team USA. It's it's known as a hit, Stubby, but from watching the video and seeing what happened, it looked like it was a little miscommunication with the left fielder and the second baseman. I don't know which video you've been watching. That was a rocket off the wall. <laughs> well, it was the, the blooper. I believe it was the blooper that you had hit in between the left fielder and the second baseman to get the walk-off hit. What was that like? It was awesome. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, just, you know, just to be up in that situation, you know, and, and and I don't think it's to be forgotten that Andy Stewart was the one that hit the home run to tie the game. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that's that's to me that's more important than than actually getting the hit itself. You know, um, he's the he's the one that gave our team the opportunity to be in that situation, and and I think Andy deserves a big a big round of uh, applause and credit uh, for him. You know, being able to step up in the situation he did. You know, and then like I said, just right spot, right time, uh, with the right setting. <laughs> as far as the sun, and, and you know, I get lucky and the ball drops in. Well, you're right about that, but, you know, speaking of the Pan Am Games, one thing that especially people that might, that might be listening right now don't know is that, you know, it's it's a fairly, you know, competitive tournament, and, of course, with you guys winning gold in 2015, as, as for yourself, you were a coach in that tournament, 
How much does the Pan Am Games mean to Canada itself? Well, now we're defending. Now we're uh, two-time defending gold gold medalists at yep. the tournament. So I mean, uh, that that's important for our program. I think it's important for baseball. Um, you know, it's the Pan Am's is, is a mini Olympics, and I think it just shows where we stand in the world as far as uh, baseball and the development of our athletes. Former St. Louis Cardinals infielder Stubby Clap here with us on Around the Diamond. Now, after your your 1999 campaign and your 2000 season, you ended up making the big leagues at the age of of 28. And the manager at the time was Tony Larusa, known as one of the greatest guys uh, in the history of baseball. And knowing what kind of guy Tony was, and how he kind of put different roles on the team and brought everyone to play together as a team. Stubby, when you got called up in 2001 with the Cardinals, did you feel like you had a place on that team? Uh, yeah, it was it was a special it was a special place being up there in, in Bush Stadium. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, on that team with Tony and and that team there particularly, it's uh, you, you come in and and you fit in and and you do your job and and that was all that was asked of you. Nothing, nothing, nothing more, nothing less. And of course, another guy who came on a show on my show actually in the summer, uh, Adron Chambers, who played for Tony Larusa for in the 2011 season when they won the World Series, said that. You know, Tony was was the type of manager that uh, wasn't about individual performances. He he brought everyone in together. And when you came up, you were known as a guy that, especially in the National League, that would come out as a pinch hitter. So did you feel that that was your role when you got called up to the team and Tony kind of put that on you? Yeah, I mean, that's that, that was it. I was called up to, to fill in for, for uh, J.D. Drew, who got hurt or whatever. And they had, they had some solid outfielders. Uh, so I knew right away that uh, my job would be to come in off the bench um, you know, and, and and most of the time, you know, I got my I got some playing time in the outfield, little on the infield. So uh, when you get <laughs> when you get an infield with uh, Edgar Hunterini and Fernando Vina and Ella uh, uh, Pools and Mark McGuire and Placido Polanco and stuff like that, you can look at the lineup card and know that you're coming off the bench pretty easy. Well, when you walked into the clubhouse, Stubby, I want to ask you how it felt to to stand on the national when the national anthem was playing with guys like. Albert Pujols, Mark McGuire, Edgar Renteria, Placido Polanco, even J.D. Drew, and one of my all-time favorites, Jim Edmonds. Yeah, it's it was it was uh, you know the first the first day or two it was like an aha moment. It was like you're kind of overwhelmed or whatever. But uh, you know, eventually you look in the mirror and you're like, okay, you know, I tie up my cleats the same way. It's time it's time to go. It's time to perform. Now, now, Stubby, you were second baseman. You ever turned two with Renteria a couple times? <laughs> and only in practice. Oh, only in practice. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think him and I ever got a chance to turn double play. Uh so so when you so you had came in to fill in for JD Drew in the outfield, is that correct? Yes, that was that was the move. That was the move. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna still be talking with Stubby Clap for the rest of the show, the rest of the hour with uh, Canadian baseball legend. Stubby Clap, of course. Um, we're going to go more in-depth in his career with the Cardinals and talk a little bit about a guy that he came through the system with, and that's Albert Pujols. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. This is Memphis Redbirds manager Stubby Clap, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Dante DiCaria on CKDJ 107.9.
And we welcome you back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. You are listening to the December 3rd edition of Around the Diamond or podcast 38 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Of course, still joined with me over the phone once again for the rest of the hour is... Memphis Redbirds manager Stubby Clapp and former St. Louis Cardinals infielder Stubby Clapp and also uh, a native of the baseball uh, of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame Stubby Clapp is still with us here on Around the Diamond to talk about more baseball and his career. So so 2001 it was Drew that got went down with an injury. Mark McGuire had, you know, had uh, struggled a little bit, but I want to ask you about one guy that you came through the system with uh, very quickly, Pujols had skyrocketed through the system a little bit faster than a lot of other players that have come through the game. Um, did you see anything different in him, even whether it was in Double A or, or sorry, Triple A? Him in the batting cage and taking those swings, and did you know that he would be a future Hall of Famer? Um, knowing that he was a future, no, I, I you could never guess what he, you could have never put the put that on on what he was going to do in the game. But looking at him then, you knew. Um, he had a mission and he had a goal and, and he had direction on how he was going to do it. And you could tell that he was going to accomplish, you know, being, being a big league player. Now, as far as predicting his numbers and what he's done in the game, nah, nobody, nobody could predict that. Former St. Louis Cardinals infielder Stubby Clapp here for us on Around the Diamond. Now, in the year 2000 season, you had a chance to play with pool holes for, for a few odd games in AAA. And then when he got called up in 2001, he put an excellent season. I believe it was 37 home runs, 120 RBIs, a 3.37 average as a rookie, which is outstanding. Did it? Was it kind of different for you knowing that you know, you're in the minor leagues and you're looking up and you're like, oh my God, this guy is absolutely killing it right now. And this guy's going to be you know, an excellent player down the road. Yeah, I mean, when when you see guys like that, you know, you know, you can see you can see that they're going to be a good player. It's just a matter of how of how high they get, uh, as far as you know what they what they're able to do with their career and solidify starting spot. You know, that's that's the tough part in the in the big leagues, right? Is getting that chance to be a starter and then solidify that spot. And uh, when he was when he was doing what he was doing, you could see it was very clear that uh, he was making a mark in the game and and he was going to get a chance to 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 do that. Now, Stubby, one thing that I really have to ask you about is what was your first major league hit, and who was it off of? Can you take us through it? It was double off of uh, Francisco. Uh, I think it was Liriano. Francisco Liriano. So the... no, not Francisco Liriano. No. Um, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank right now. San Francisco Giants double in the gap. Barry Bonds picked it up, threw it in the second. The ironic part was I, I had gotten, I had just gotten some chills in the middle of the game. <laughs> and I had to go in and put on a sweatshirt uh, in order just to just to warm back up. And then Tony called my name. I was like, "Well, I'm not telling him. I'm, I feel sick right now." So uh, I got in there and, and, and got lucky. Got my double. So was that in the uh, McCovey's Cove? No, that was in St. Louis. Oh, I was in St. Louis at uh, at uh, Bush at the old Bush Stadium. So I believe that was the you know the the biggest stadium. That was the stadium that. Um, I believe it was Hal Lanier came on my show uh, not too long ago, and he had played in the old Bush Stadium where um, it was built for pitchers. They had said it was built for uh, for the team itself. Did you feel that you know it was nice playing in such a historic diamond? Yeah, yeah, shoot. I mean, <clears throat> I remember when I when I first came up there, that was when they first started talking about building the new Bush Stadium, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the reporters asked me what I thought about about building the new stadium, and I said, shoot, I'm just glad to be here right now. I said, I'm not worried about the new one. <laughs> 
Well, you're right about that. Stubby Clap here with us on Around the Diamond, played uh, for Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic and with the Cardinals in 2001. Now, after two more years in AAA, you were you had a brief stint with the Atlanta Braves after being released uh, by the Cardinals. Uh, after the Braves, you were then signed by the Indians in the 2003-2004 offseason. It, it was your first taste of free agency. And did you feel that it was, it was kind of different going into free agency, not knowing what you were going to go and do next? Yeah, no. I mean, once you get into free agency, you never you never know what's going to happen. You try and find the best fit for the for a team that you might be able to make it back up to the big leagues with, uh, and then you go from there and, and you see what happens. And and Stubby, you know, from a coaching standpoint, right now, um, and and looking back at when you were you know a lot younger and and trying to find that one team that you thought you had the best chance to go back to the major leagues. Um, is it any different having that small major league experience going into free agency, knowing that you're probably going to get a job in AAA at least? Uh, yeah, I mean, for the, for the most part, you're going to get a shot, um, but you still got to produce, you know. Uh, and back then, it was seemed it seemed like as I was going my, through my free agent years, they were going younger in the AAA levels, and they weren't they weren't necessarily uh, taking veteran veteran guys. Um, so when I was going through my free agency, it didn't feel like jobs were as ready really available as, as they were in different years. Stubby Clapp here, fuss on around the diamond, played with the St. Louis Cardinals. Now we're moving over to uh, after that off, in that offseason. As a Canadian guy, you were traded over to the Toronto Blue Jays, played for the Fisher Cats in A, where you ended up going on to coach for. Uh, and then you played in AAA. As a Canadian boy, did you feel it was the best situation to go play for a Canadian team in the Blue Jays? Well, it was a factor that I think they needed some uh, they needed they needed some fillers um, in that situation, and it, it, it just worked out perfect. And I was getting ready for the Olympics that year, uh, so it was nice to be able to go over there. Ernie Witt was over there working mm-hmm. uh, with the Blue Jays at the time, and I think you know he had something to do with getting me over there to make sure I was ready for the Olympics at worst. Now, Stubby, after your season with the Toronto Blue Jays, you ended up making a uh, a two-year trip to the Northern League to play for Edmonton uh, with the Cracker Cats. Northern the Lord, the Northern League is actually known as uh, one of the first independent leagues, I believe. Um, what was that like going over to one of the first uh, independent leagues, of course, in the Northern Leagues? And um, I mean, what kind of a league really was it? Because I'm very curious to know what kind of a league it was, because there's so many other independent leagues nowadays. Yeah, it was it was like a uh, it was like a double A, um, it was like a double A, double A league. You know, on 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 some good days you'd see it, you'd see uh, triple A. They're just 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 depending on on who was pitching that day. So, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Definitely enjoyed it. Now, after your stint with the Blue Jays, you had the chance to play at the Olympics in in 2004, which was you know take it another step up in the you know uh, playing for the Canadian national team. I want you to tell me a little bit about that 2004 Olympics in Athens and some of the guys that you had played with on that team that are you know playing still today. You know, it was it was it was good. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was heartbreaking. You know, we went. I think we went uh, undefeated in that yep. in the in the uh, preliminary rounds, and then um, we got to we got to that game to go to the gold medal game, mm-hmm. and then we didn't uh, we didn't come through. And it was heartbreaking the way it happened uh, with Kevin Nicholson hitting the Kevin Nicholson hitting the pinch hit, and then uh, getting robbed at the getting robbed at the uh, left field. 
So, and then we had to get up and play for the bronze medal the next morning against Japan, and we were just we were defeated. Now, I, I, I'm trying to remember, of course, uh, a local guy from Ottawa that uh, that I know very well is Mike Kasavich, and he talked to me about this one game that you guys uh, had played in. It was, you know, Jimmy Van Ostrid was on that team. Uh, I not Sebastian Boucher was not. Michael Saunders was also there. And there was a bench-clearing brawl with, I believe, Taiwan. I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, Stubby. That was a, qual- that was a qualifier for 2008 when it all happened. So, so obviously... That was that was qualifier for 2008, and we were getting ready. Uh, just the way the situation happened, the, the right fielder picked up the ball after the inning mm-hmm. and threw it into our dugout. And uh, um, when he threw it into the dugout, some guys took took offense to it, and uh, we we proceeded to take care of what we thought was the right thing to do. Well. Of course, you Canadian guys playing hockey and, and you know knowing you know the rough and tough style against those guys definitely you know what what was going on there and did you feel that it, you know that is going you know there's there's I believe there's two big bench clearing brawls in Canadian history that you've been a part of there's the one in 2008 like you just mentioned and there was also the one in uh, 2013 where does that one rank up on the two? Well, the one up in 2013 was well, could have been a lot more expensive if we didn't get it under, under control. I mean, you had million dollar players uh, in the middle of an international event. Yeah, uh, you know that 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 could have if it would have got ugly, if it would have got worse than what it was, um, you know that wouldn't have been good for the tournament itself. No, you're you're absolutely right about that, and and so. Sticking on that, you know, that 2004 to 2006 campaign, you, you ended up playing for Edmonton in the, in the Northern uh-huh. League. But out of the Northern League, you went to play for Canada at the World Baseball Classic. Did you feel, you know, in that inaugural two, first 2006 Baseball Classic, did you feel that having that prior experience in AAA and in the major leagues got you that stint? Yeah, I um, mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that I, had been, that I had been there, done that, and competed at those levels, I think Greg was... Uh, confident that I could compete at the, at the big league level. Um, you know, and that's what, that's all that tournament is, is, you know, it's just a bunch of good big league guys playing, uh, representing our country. And the fact that I had been to the big leagues and uh, had obviously numerous years in AAA experience, uh, you know, I think that's what got me the opportunity. That's going to wrap up this third segment of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079 Ottawa's new music. Once again, Stubby Clap will still join us in our fourth segment, and then we'll also join us for our fifth segment, a full player feature interview with Stubby Clap. Still more to come on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. This is Memphis Redbirds manager Stubby Clap, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Dante DiCaria on CKDJ 107.9. We welcome you back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Once again, I am your host, Diamond Dante. Find me on social media at Diamond underscore Dante to find out who might be coming on the show in future episodes and also to listen to past episodes on our SoundCloud Diamond Dante audio. That is uh, on SoundCloud.com. You can check us out 
there. I also post a, a lot of hockey stuff as well. So if you are interested in hockey, of course, a Canadian market, uh, you might want to check that out, but also a lot of baseball stuff. But still joining me over the phone is Memphis Redbirds manager Stubby Clapp played with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2001, but now he's talking about when he played in the 2006 World Baseball Classic with Team Canada out of the Indy Leagues. So what can you tell us about that experience playing for, you know, the first World Baseball Classic for Team Canada, putting on the Canadian jersey? You had done it so many times before, but this time you did it at one of the biggest stages of your career, which might even top up of playing in the major leagues. Yeah, I mean, you're playing against the best of the best in the world. Um, There's no, you know, it's not just a 25-man roster. It's the best of the best in the world against all the different countries. Um, you know, being able to represent Canada in that situation is an unbelievable experience and uh, something I'll never forget. Former St. Louis Cardinals infielder Stubby Clapp here for us on Around the Diamond talking about uh, his time playing for Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic. Now, one game that's gone down in Canadian baseball history is the big one that you guys won against the Americans. Adam Lowen's big pitching performance, you know, the the, the young lefty was uh, coming up through the Baltimore Orioles system and, and was outstanding uh, in that game. I want you to take us back to 2006, playing the U.S. And, and getting over that hump and showing that, you know, Canadians can play baseball. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's always been the rivalry, right? U.S. versus Canada, so, and it always will be, and it's a lot of fun, so... Uh, every time we face them, you know it's it's you strap it on. You know you're in for you're in for for a game, and it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a hard fought game. And uh, Adam Lowen stepped up, and and he gave us a great performance and dominated on the mound. Um, and that's you know he set the tone for us, and then we took we took the rest as the hitters. Now, now tell us how you managed to play for the 2009 uh, World Baseball Classic. It, you know, you were on their roster, and you were also a hitting coach at the time, I believe, with the Astro system. How did you manage to go to go do both of those things? <laughs> well, you got to stay in shape. <laughs> uh, that, that's the key. You got to stay in shape, uh, and, and it wasn't easy. So, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I was coaching. I was coaching with the Astros, and uh, Greg had asked me after the Olympics in 2008. Uh, if if I would stay, you know, available for the WBC to be able to play for that, and I said, yeah, you know, he'd give me enough time that I could actually train and stay in shape and make sure that I was ready to compete at that level, and and that's what I did. And the Astros were kind enough to grant me the opportunity to go and play. Stubby Clapp played with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2001, also with Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic, and is now the hitting coach. Uh, with the AAA Buffalo Bisons in the Toronto Blue Jays system. Now, I want to move over to the coaching side of things. How did you end up getting the job with the Astros? Uh, actually, I decided at that time in my career that uh, all I could get was AA offers, player coach position uh, offers, and it was time to flip the page. And I made some phone calls and started uh, putting the word out that I might be interested in coaching, and I got lucky and got an interview with them and uh, went down to Florida and did my interview and uh, they called me back a couple days later and offered me the job and I ended up spending uh, six, six good years with them. Yeah, and of course you mentioned you know going down there and getting the job with the Astros. You started off as the hitting coach, but you, and then you moved over to the manager for for two uh, for two uh, seasons with the Astros system as well. Um, and you managed to coach a guy like J.D. Martinez. It's funny because I was looking online of, of uh, Martinez and how he had got called up to the Astros and then went to the Tigers. Um, did you feel that you know he would break out as much as he did because he was he was a fringe player with the Astros at that point. 
No, he was good. <laughs> he was good. He almost won two. He almost won two two batting titles in two in in uh, two leagues in one year. So, JD Martinez was good the, the whole time. They just didn't know how to tap into him. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. And you know, you're talking. He was a good player in the minor leagues, as you mentioned. Um, now from I I had him for th- I had him for three years. I knew he was going to be good. Yeah. Well, there. Well, he's been one of the better players in in the league. Uh, you know, was forty home runs with the the Tigers, and um, you know, right across where you're from. But I want to ask you, what was the difference between being a hitting coach and then going to, to being a manager? And did you feel that that you would have a, a tough transition going over to managing? Uh, the transition into managing wasn't wasn't that bad. Um, you know, it's just you got to be able to. For me, you had to be number one. You got to be organized. You got to be able to to. Ha- you got to earn the trust from the kids um, in, in running the program and stuff like that and getting them going in the right direction. Uh, it was a lot less flips in the cage. <laughs> um, as you know, as a hitting coach, you spend hours upon hours in the cage, and you develop a lot of different relationships when you're in the cage with those guys because it's not always hitting you're talking about. You're talking about life aspects and stuff like that. So um, going from hitting to managing, I try to take that – uh, that ability to build relationships um, as a hitting coach, I try to take that into managing and, and being open, open-minded, and invite guys in to talk and shoot the breeze. Because when you have the ability to be able to talk to the kids, not only just about what they're doing on the field, but off the field, uh, you tend to build better relationships and you bend, you, you build better baseball players because you understand how they think and what what makes them tick, and you're able to uh, maybe get to them in a different way. Now it's funny you mentioned that you when you were with the Tri City Valley Cats you managed to uh, to coach I I believe no I, well I was I was thinking uh, that's a is that AAA right Valley Cats is short season A oh short season A so you must have uh, had the chance to coach some guys that I know Albert Cartwright uh, Jay Austin did you have a chance to manage them I you know what no I didn't I didn't manage those guys I had. Uh... Let me see. I had Altuve for three years right. uh, at the beginning of his career, uh, and then manage, managing wise, I had Preston, I had Preston Tucker, George Springer for I only had George for a couple of a uh, couple of games there uh, before he signed. Um, uh, Brady Rogers, Matt Duffy, uh, Joe Sclafani, um, Tyler Hent, uh, Heineman. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so there's there's several guys right now that are on the fringe of being good big leaguers. Uh, that I managed through those couple of years. Yeah, you're right about that, Stubby. And of course, um, since you had the chance to play an independent baseball, when you were searching for that job, you know, when you ended up getting it with the Astros, when you were searching for that job, did you have any offers to go into the indie leagues? Uh, you mean uh, play play in the play in the indie leagues? Play even manage. You could probably even be a, uh, a like Sebastian Boucher is with the Ottawa Champions, a hitting coach and a and a player. Yeah. At those at those times, they, they, those independent leagues weren't paying anything, and I had a family, and yeah, uh, you know, I had, I had a wife and a kid, and, and those independent leagues weren't going to pay the bills. So I thought at that time it was time to maybe turn the page and uh, you know get get a better job, and, and coaching was the way for me at that time. Now, of course, when you moved over to uh, to to being a manager, obviously one thing that players have kind of came to me about and kind of told me about, and one thing that I've asked other managers when I talked to uh, your manager right now, Gary Allenson, we had talked a little bit about how when you, it's not even 
you're not almost not even making the decisions all the time. It's always you know the front office that makes a lot of the decisions. Do you feel that's tough on you when having to go out and coach the players, knowing that you can't even drop the lineup cards at certain times? It, it's different now. The game's a little bit different, but uh, you know I think the Blue Jays do a good job of letting the managers have autonomy mm-hmm. um, and making making the decisions. So. Um, you know, it is it is what it is. The players make the lineups themselves. They 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 make the they make the lineups by how they perform. Um, it's just a matter of finding situations where they can have success. Now, Stubby, of course, uh, you were then moved over to the uh, the Double A hitting coach with the Toronto Blue Jays. And um, was there anything in particular that helped you get that job? Uh, just the fact that uh, a good friend of mine. Um, he had he had switched over to the Blue Jays, and he had, he had you know mentioned that he needed help with his hitting program over there. He was starting to revamp their hitting program, and asked me if I would be interested. Um, and that's how I ended up moving over there. Former St. Louis Cardinals infielder Stubby Clapp here for us on Around the Diamond. Now we're talking about uh, his coaching side of things. In 2013, you managed to to put on the Canadian jersey, but this time as a coach. Um, was that any? Was it anything different to to finally get a chance to coach the national team, knowing that you had played for them for so long? Yeah, that's that's special when you get asked to come back and, and do that um, and be a part of this pro, be a part of that program anytime. I mean, it's it's special. And, and Stubby, you know, in, in 2015, the the Pan Am Games, it was actually a, it was a you guys had walked it off. Is that correct? Yes. So, yes, that was the that was Peter's. Uh, dash for gold is what we call it, and and it was a big moment because that one was also played in in Toronto as well. You said that you, you guys have been uh, defending champions now. You won it with them in 1999, so it's got to be nice to know that you know baseball is growing in Canada. Because I want to ask you a little bit about you know you're you're the hitting coach now with the AAA Buffalo Bisons. Dalton Pompey is like another Canadian kid. You've dealt with a lot of Canadian kids over the last couple of years. How nice is it to know that you know Canada is is growing? a lot more than it did before in terms of baseball and, you know, the way that Baseball Canada has really done. It's awesome. It's awesome. You know, they've done, they've done a great job with the program and they continue to grow it and they continue to produce athletes. And I think everybody, everybody's starting to recognize that, you know, we're not just, we're not just a, a, a hockey country that we've actually got baseball athletes now too. Now, Stubby, of course, uh, before we go, I want to finish things off by asking you about, um, you know, we had talked a little bit about it before, but the brawl uh, versus uh, the Mexican team, it was it was a bunt by uh, the Chris Robinson, the catcher, down the third baseline. Luis Cruz kind of picked it up and then pointed over to Arnold Leone and said, you're going to hit the next guy, which was Rennie Tassoni, who I believe was which, uh, with, with the, uh, the Mariners at the time. I mean, what can you tell us about that experience, knowing that, you know, when you jumped onto the field, that you got to stop these guys because it, w- it was just going to get out of the hand. Like you said before, you got million-dollar players fighting out there. Yeah, it's, it, that, that was no joke. I mean, that was a serious moment. It was a serious moment uh, in the tournament and, and, and for baseball because if somebody, if somebody would have got hurt there, um, there's no telling what would have happened in the tournament or – or, or those players and the way that uh, the organizations release those guys. So that was important at, the, at that time to, to get things diffused as, much, as, as best as possible and get the, get the tempers under control. Once again, Stubby Clapp will join us going into our fifth segment, but this time to talk about what he brings to the Memphis Redbirds. He was just named 
the Memphis Redbirds manager, which is the AAA affiliate team uh, to the St. Louis Cardinals just a few days ago. So we're just breaking this out there. Of course, Dubby has uh, has been on, on, on a lot of radio stations across the U.S. and was nice enough to take his time uh, to, to come on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9 and talk about what he brings to the Memphis Redbirds and uh, the opportunity that came up because he was originally promoted to be the uh, AAA Buffalo Bisons uh, hitting coach. And then, you know, the Blue Jays were nice enough to let him go interview for the manager job with the Memphis Redbirds in which he has so much history with because he played for them for four seasons going back uh, to, to the late 1990s and uh, the early 2000s. So we'll hear what he has to say. That's coming up next in our final segment of the 38th edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. This is Memphis Redbirds manager, Sebi Clapp, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Dante DiCaria on CKDJ 107.9. We welcome you back to the final segment of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Once again, I'm your host, like always, Diamond Dante. Of course, our co-host, uh, Adron Chambers, uh, has uh, is, is not here this week, uh, taking a little bit of time off, of course, uh, it was a full show of Stubby Clap, but he will join us uh, next week uh, to hear what he has to say. And of course, if you uh, tell us what you think about our podcast, let us know uh, on my Twitter, uh, Diamond underscore Dante is uh, my Twitter handle. You can follow me um, and you could also tweet at me. I'll respond every single time, pretty much if I'm looking at my Twitter feed, but I'll respond and, and, I'll, and I want to hear what you guys think. But once again, joining us for our fifth segment is the new Memphis Redbirds manager, Stubby Clapp. The Memphis Redbirds is, of course, uh, affiliation with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals organization and is the uh, AAA uh, team for the St. Louis Cardinals. And Stubby Clapp still with us for our fifth segment. So, Stubby, uh, just uh, a few days ago, you were uh, they announced that you were the uh, the new manager of the uh, uh, the Memphis Redbirds, a team that you had spent uh, a long time with uh, back in the... Uh, uh, the late and early 2000s. So uh, what can you tell us about that? And um, obviously you were supposed to be the Bison's hitting coach and they uh, had allowed you to go interview for that job. So how did that kind of come apart? Well, um, you know, I was uh, I was discussing some stuff with, with Gil Kim um, as far as WBC and then he was kind enough to let me know that the uh, San Luis Cardinals had inquired about uh, interviewing me for that, for the for the Memphis job. Uh, and you know what, the, the Blue Jays and Gil... Uh, were the utmost professionals that give me the opportunity to uh, to uh, interview for the for the job and the position if I wanted to and, and you know I took the opportunity um, and in the end you know it was the right move for my family and I and my career I think um, to push myself to another level and uh, I have nothing but the utmost respect and gratitude for for my four years with the Blue Jays and for them to even give me to consider giving me this opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm forever grateful. Now, last week, uh, Adron Chambers, who uh, was my co-host last week, and he played with the Cardinals. I, I told you a little bit about him off mic. Uh, he had said that you were known for a, a great backflip uh, when you're with the the Memphis Redbirds when it first came to uh, AutoZone Park when they first built the the stadium um, in 1999. You actually had the first hit there, so it does mean a lot to you. Not only uh, being known for that big backflip that was also known by Ozzie Smith. Uh, with the Cardinals organization, but uh, you also got the first hit in AutoZone Park. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of history there with me uh, being in Memphis. You know, I was there for four years. I was there for the first three years of AutoZone when they when they built that and, and brought it downtown. Um, what a great, you know, stadium that they put in there to, to, to bring uh, baseball to downtown Memphis. And, and you know what, I was, I was in the right spot at the right time and got to be a part of a, a winning team there in 2000. We won the PCL. Uh, what a great uh, situation that was to, to be a part of down there. And, you know, when, when you get to live and be a part of something special like that, obviously it, uh, it stays in your memory, and, and I'm excited to get the chance to go back. Now, Stubby, you speak about, you know, being the, this is the best move for your family, and obviously the Blue Jays understand that because you do uh, live in uh, in Memphis, I believe. Is, is that right? I'm about two hours from there. I'm, I'm two hours down the road. Uh, my wife's hometown is Savannah, Tennessee. Um, so this will be the first time ever in my career that uh, I'll be within a driving distance uh, of my family. So it means a lot to, to my family that uh, we'll be this close. My family doesn't have to pick up and move this summer. They can stay home and commute, and uh, it gives my, chan- my kids a chance to uh, live a little bit more of a normal life and be able to stay home and play with their friends during the summer and, and just little stuff like that that will hopefully go a long way with them and get to, get to live – more of a, a, a normal life. It's still not going to be normal. It's still baseball life, uh, but it, it, it'll give us a chance to be more of a family again. Now, Stubby Clapp here with us on Around the Diamond. Before we go, uh, Stubby, of course, you had mentioned, um, you know, being this the, the best move for your family, only two hours away uh, in terms of uh, managing with Man- Memphis. You were when you were with the Blue Jays. Did you feel that you at some point before you got this job offer that you just wanted to keep? climbing up the ladder and eventually end up with the big club and, you know, spend time with uh, your good friend Tim Leeper, who's also a Canadian guy as well and is the first base coach. Yeah, he, yeah he, he's, he's married He's married to a Canadian, to, to a Canadian girl. He's Tim Leeper's special guy. Um, yeah, you know what, that, that, was, that was the goal. For me, for me, there's no use doing something if you're not going to be the best at it and if you're not going to work to get to the best level. So, um, that's that's how I approach every day. You know, uh, my idea was to get better every day in order to help the players um, and give them an opportunity to get to the big leagues and, and eventually, hopefully, get a shot at the big leagues with the Blue Jays myself. That was that was the intention every day to to uh, to get just you know to get better and give kids an opportunity with my knowledge for them to get better and get to the big leagues. That's it, right? So that's that's what coaching is all about: is the kids. And the players to give them opportunity to experience, you know, what I got to experience a little bit, and, and uh, you know that that that's that's my that's my approach every day, and that that'll be my approach over here too. Now, Stubby, be, briefly, I want to talk about the Cardinals organization itself and uh, the the major league team in the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, you're going to be the AAA manager, um, which you've had some experience managing in the past. With uh, in uh, you said it was short season A with the Astro system. And now you move over to managing AAA. What would you say, uh, before I ask you about the Car- Cardinals organization, what would you say is the difference between, you know, um, going from low A to AAA? Uh, it, it, number one is, is the approach that, you, that we're going to take uh, into the end of the season. When you manage AAA, you've got such a dynamic uh, clubhouse between, between players, young prospects, and, and veteran guys that are coming up and down from the big leagues. Um, and potential free agents that are coming over from other teams. There's such a dynamic, and being able to uh, handle that uh, atmosphere and keep everybody on the same page, which is you know the pages to, to get better, to be 
a winning player in the big leagues for the Cardinals. Um, so that's the difference right there. I mean, when you're doing short season A, you're developing kids, you're teaching them um, the system and the, you know, whatever whatever team you're playing for, you're teaching their program um, and trying to get those kids in, indoctrinated into professional baseball. Um, these guys are already, have already been there, done that. Um, they should, you know, be potentially – uh, on the verge of, of breaking into the big leagues, so having to manage those 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 characters and those aspirations and goals and the different dynamic of the clubhouse, that's you know that's the difference. Now, Stubby, of course, the Cardinals are going through a little bit of a transition here in uh, going from being a, a, cont- a really good contending team to a team that's really bringing up a lot of young prospects, and it seems like with the Cardinals, they always find a way. Uh, to bring in young players and fit the roles that Mike Matheny or even Tommy Lasorda had for them back in in the day. So what is your goal uh, before we go? Uh, when you come in as a manager in AAA, is it to not only help these guys develop, but also to change the culture uh, and bring those young guys up and, and into really good big leaguers? Well, to be, to be honest with you, I don't know if I'll have to change the culture. You know, the, the, Cardinal, the Cardinals' atmosphere is uh, is pretty much set, and it's a really good one. So I'm not going in there to change anything. I'm going in there to, uh, you know, figure out what Mike needs and, and how he likes uh, things, you know, run and and try to emulate that at the AAA level so that when those guys do make the jump, there's not that much difference between the big leagues and AAA. Um, everything's going to be about the big league team and what they need and, and, and what they're going to uh, demand as far as players being ready to, to, to jump in and fill in. You know, the Cardinals did a good job of, of producing young talent and letting them fill in at the big league level, and that's a, that's important for a system. Instead of having to go and get free agents, you know you've, they've got the talent there, and uh, at the AAA level, you've got to continue to teach. You know there might be some some fine tuning that guys need. There's there's a reason why they're in AAA and not in the big leagues yet, and or why they've bounced back and forth. So figuring that stuff out with each individual player and trying to get that um, polished up and make them ready for, for the big leagues, for Mike to be able to use them. Well, there you have it. Stubby Clapp, the new manager of the Memphis Redbirds, joining us here on Around the Diamond. Stubby, thanks so much for taking the time, and best of luck going into the 2017 season, and we look forward to maybe seeing another promotion for you. Ah, thank you. I appreciate it, Dante, and appreciate all the time. And uh, please hello to uh, Adrian for me. I got to meet him, and uh, he's a fine young man. Well, there you have it. Stubby Klopp joining us here on Around the Diamond. What a interview uh, with uh, you know a, a lifetime legend in Canada, uh, a guy from Windsor, Ontario, a local Canadian guy who's done so much for the Canadian uh, community in terms of baseball, a lot for Baseball Canada. He's represented the team at the national stage, whether it's coaching, whether it's playing, um, and also you know what he's done in terms of, you know, developing Canadian players because he was with the Blue Jays when Dalton Pompey went up the system, of course, and uh, he knows a, a lot of Canadian kids and does the best he can to support the junior national team, of course. Stubby uh, is uh, an excellent guy and a great uh, talk with him. And you know what? Also, uh, I, I got to give him credit, and I got to tell Adron this because um, he knew Adron. Well, he met him because Adron reached out to him, and, and like w- what we just heard from Stubby Clapp, he just mentioned, hey, listen, say hi to, to Adron for me, you know, he reached out for me, uh, reached out to me when I was uh, uh, not with the Memphis Redbirds, and and uh, Adron took the time to to find more about uh, Stubby Clapp. And it's funny because I talked to Adron the other day, and he said, "Hey, listen, you know, I remember this guy because he was known for the big bat flip, and I wish him all the best." And uh, of course, Adron trying to get back 
uh, to where he came from and maybe back with the Cardinals organization or go playing in AAA, whether it's uh, uh, the Cubs or the Cleveland Indians, like he said last week. And it's always nice to have Adron on the show, but it was also nice to have Stubby Clap as a guest this week. Um, and then we'll get Adron on next week, of course. Uh, so for the 38th edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ1079, that's going to end things. I thank you so much uh, for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante and uh, check out our SoundCloud for past episodes. Uh, like, I, like, like always, like I said, uh, this is a, a player feature interview show where I, I bring player guests on and analysts. So it's 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 not always doesn't always have to be current. You could always listen back to an episode and see, oh yeah, I, that, that's a cool interview because it's you know talking about their career. I've had some you know some really good Canadian guests on Lachlan Fontaine, Max Tissenbaum, Jordan Leonardton, uh, Mike Kasavich, uh back on my my second ever episode uh, back in March. So it's always fun to look back at that. So for the 38th edition of Around the Diamond, I thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.